I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerd has got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Lisa's out again. Where the hell is Lisa Bolakaj? She might be passed. I think she. I think she got bit. I think she died. Didn't she? She, she might be passed. <laughs> you know, we were saying the other day. We were saying to people, um, uh, I hope you get breakthrough COVID. It's kind of like a joke. <laughs> because so much love. Um, anyway, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and jump on into the show. So today we got big sis in the building, y'all. Y'all know who she is. Terry Cop on here, executive producer. Look her up. What do we always say? Google her, motherfucker. Google her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Been around for a long time. Welcome to the show, everybody. Executive producer, Terry Cop. How you doing, girl? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Indeed. Good, indeed. good, good, good. Yeah. So let's go back and just tell everybody where you're from, how you got into the game. I'm from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Oh. Um which was an amazing place to grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew nothing about the business. I, I don't hear the accent. Where's the accent? Oh, I, I have a wicked hardcore accent. Oh, there, there it is. There, there it is. My, there father, it is. <laughs> my father was from Cambridge and my mother was from Allington. Ah. So there you go. Um, I'm in a little bit of mourning. My beloved Red Sox just lost. Yes, so. I saw that last yeah. night. It's tragic. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know anything about the business. I had no idea that... that you know, TV writing was a career. Um, and I'd always wanted to be a writer. Um, and so I was, you know, I wrote in co- I wrote stories in high school, I wrote in college. But then I think I just was like too afraid to give a go. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to write. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was trying to be a good girl, so I went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is what you do, right? Which is what one does, um, you know. You know, who I listened to the day, uh, Lisa Joy is a law degree. She, a she, lot she, of writers yeah, do, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, she was like a, a consultant, mm. and then she got her first job, and she was actually on, she, she had to leave in the middle of the meeting. Like, oh, I have to leave. Now. <laughs> I have to go to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what happened to me, too. Um <clears throat> Yeah, no, I, I think there are a lot of frustrated writers who go to law school, actually. Mm, yeah. Mm. But it sounds like a really good um, thing to come from um, in this particular industry. I'm sure it has some, I'm sure it helps. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think it helped me break in, for sure, just okay. to have, like, a, a area of expertise, mm-hmm, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, people could rely on. Oh, right. she can write for those kinds of shows. Right. Um, 
But yeah, I went to, I, what happened was I went to college with a good friend, Meredith Steam. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and we graduated from college, we moved to New York, and we're hanging out in New York, and she's like, I'm going to go back to LA and write for TV. And I was like, oh, that's a job? <laughs> like, I did not know that was a gig. Mm-hmm. And so I have one of the craziest break into the business stories. Like it's it, not it. very instructive. When people <laughs> ask me, like, how do you break in? I'm right. like, you're going to hate this story. Um, so I wrote, So I took a class in New York called Gotham Writers Workshop. Okay. And I wrote, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote a spec NYPD Blue. Yeah. So I'm dating myself. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, so I wrote a spec and I gave it to Meredith. Mm-hmm. But then I also... Uh, I got a book called Hollywood Agents and Managers. Yeah, and I, I remember that one. Okay, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and I wrote a query letter because Meredith had said you cannot tell the kids me. what that is. They don't know. I'm oh. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I wrote a query letter. I knew enough that you're not supposed to send an unsolicited manuscript to people, right. so I picked like 40 agents out of this book mm. and I wrote a query letter. And I, by that time, I I had an, I had a really amazing legal career. Like I could have. I did some really incredible stuff. Like before I even got to law school, I worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn. Okay. And I worked with Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General, mm-hmm. or who became the Attorney General. And um, what was your had, specialty? Where were you? Where were you doing? Well, when I eventually when I broke in, I was a criminal defense attorney. Oh, I was good. a public defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had I had worked with Loretta at the U.S. Attorney's Office doing prose- federal prosecution work, okay. and I had worked with her on this amazing like two-month-long Asian street gang Rico case. That's cool. um, Which was really cool. And she had, I basically second-chaired it with her and she Mm kind of took me under her wing and mentored me and wrote my recommendation for law school. And then I went to NYU for law school and in my third year I did a criminal defense clinic and you got assigned to work with a practicing attorney and I got assigned to work with Bill Kunstler, (laughs) the civil rights attorney. And I did this amazing homicide trial with Bill Kunstler. And then when I graduated, I had an enormous amount of debt, and I went to a Wall Street firm, and I got assigned to work with this guy named Floyd Abrams, who is one of the premier First Amendment attorneys in the country, okay. and I second-chaired a case in the Supreme Court. <laughs> wow. So, like, wow. I had done all this really <laughs> She got amazing. that fairy dust. Is everywhere totally. she goes? Oh, like, I got Bill Kunstler like, kicking it with me. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had a really, like, amazing, you know, legal career. I, I was at this, like... The only law I'd ever really wanted to practice was some kind of constitutional law, like civil rights work or, or public defender. Okay. Um, and so I, I I lasted nine months at that law firm. <laughs> I was like, I as much as the work I'm doing is amazing, like these are just not my people. Mm. They're just not my people. You always felt more creative inside or something or what? It just I wasn't going to be a corporate lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like yeah I, that's just and there's not. A ty- there's a type of personality that can okay. thrive in a corporate law firm that... You know, I was having this discussion with my brother today about liberal arts. And we were like, yeah, certain people don't understand what it, they always say, I oh, can't get a job from doing liberal arts. Can't get a job doing liberal arts. I was like, <laughs> and he was like, you can't get a job with a liberal arts degree because <laughs> right. you don't understand how that stuff works. Exactly, right. This is a mentality. So, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I had, I had wanted to, you know, save the world, like with my, with my welcome, laundry. Welcome to Hollywood. You hear all the ghetto birds up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's, so, okay, so where were we? So, so it's nine months into the law firm and you have to, right. and you have to so quit. I quit, I quit, which was hilarious because hmm. I got two reactions from the people at the firm. Some people were like, 
I said, I'm going to the public defender's office. And they, they said, you are? Hmm. And then some people were like, you are? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because like, they were like, I wish I was doing that. Yeah, because they were like the golden handcuffs, <laughs> right. right? They couldn't leave. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go do what I like. I had so much law school debt. And I just remember going, you know what? I'm going to like consolidate my loans. NYU had really good loan forgiveness mm -hmm. if you went and did public service. And I was like, I'm just going to go do it. I don't care. Um, so I was practicing. So I was a public defender when when I took the class and mm -hmm. wrote the script and and uh, I sent out these query letters and uh, I remember I sent out like forty letters on a Thursday. That's what we used to have to do, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I well, you still do it now. You still yeah. email people. Yeah, email, right. yeah. But I did. I the thing is, I did it. I wrote it on legal aid stationery, which mm. was like the smartest thing I did because the envelope had the seal on right, the outside, so right. they were like, what's this? It had a right? stamp. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. it, it was like, oh, they got curious. Mm -hmm. And then the letter was just maybe one sentence about the script, <clears throat> and the rest of the letter was just about being a public defender and my oh, crazy yeah. clients and wacky judges and, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I got home, I, I sent the letter out on a Thursday afternoon, I got home on Monday, I had 25 what? messages on my answer That's machine. That's amazing. Yeah, like send us the script. Hmm. And so I sent them the script, and then in the meantime, Meredith was at CAA, and so she gave it to somebody at CAA. And two agents from CAA flew to New York what? to meet with me. <laughs> this is back. This is back in the day when they could do that. Right? <laughs> they could still do it now. Yeah, but they probably wouldn't. Yeah. They, they probably wouldn't. They used to try to woo you back then. Yeah, right? exactly. And I was so naive, right? I was like, I didn't understand mm -hmm. that that was like important. You know what I mean? I was like, whatever. I said, oh yeah, I'm gonna. And in the meantime, people were like, send the script, send the script. And so I had sent the script out to like 25 people, right. and they were like, we want to meet you. And people were like. A couple people like we want to sign you, and I I had no context for any of this, right? Mm, so mm, like, mm. so I was like, well, I'm gonna fly to LA and meet with a bunch of agents, <laughs> and so I did. And then Meredith was like, I was like, maybe I want to sign with a boutique agency, and Meredith was like, don't be a jackass, <laughs> sign with CAA. Um, Isn't that what you always say? I say all the time, but 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 you know what's interesting? <clears throat> this is interesting, right? Is that like when I was a kid, I. As, as everyone knows, I love watching movies. I love mm -hmm. watching old Hollywood movies. You right. know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of Hollywood movies about the business mm -hmm. and about agents and about how cutthroat it is and what it means stuff like that. So like I was kind of very aware of like the landscape of what it used to be like, right. But, right. but what things meant. You know, mm -hmm. which is oh you're an agent and who to be with and the small agencies and getting <laughs> bounced around and you know like just all this stuff. So it's right. interesting for someone who's not. That, that, that this is right. not kind of already part of their zeitgeist, right. you know, in a sense. Because so, my thinking was like, why wouldn't I want to be at a boutique agency where I'm going to get more attention? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny, now I'm at a boutique agency, mm. so, and I get the attention. Right, right. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I signed with CAA, and then uh, within a few, I had, that was like in January, mm -hmm. and by April I had three job offers. Wow. It was... <laughs> but there's, there's you thing. had a specialty that was really that's, that's the thing yes, that's, sure. that's what it was is that yeah. I had a specialty I got an offer on Law and Order the there practice mm -hmm. okay. right and then John Wells had two shows in development one was a legal show and one yeah. was a family drama and actually John John said I'll give you an overall deal with my company what? and I'll put you on whichever show gets what? picked up 
or I'll put you on ER. Give me that death, girl. Give me that death. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. But, that insane? And I still, I had no, That's I had no idea that that was like not normal. Wow. But here's something interesting as you said. <clears throat> you said that you sent the Curry letter and you said one word about the script and it's been all this information about your cases and, the, and, the, and right. everything like that. And it's like, you know, people need to realize that your credentials aren't what sell you. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like what kind of, what kind of grist mill, are, you know, that you can bring to the team, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. there's so much of it, as you know, as this, when you first started start writing television, as much as you think you know, you don't know how to write television. No. And you don't know how to write idea. that show. You know, so there's so you so there's the, and the and the, the room will teach you how to write it. You know, so right. you but but you got to have the contribution the build in your head to be able yeah. to contribute. So let's let's be clear. I I wasn't that good. I mean, <laughs> that script was. Good. I love that. <laughs> like that script was good because I was obsessed with that show, mm. right? And I and That's I that's the first was, key, right? Yes, and I was a criminal defense attorney, right? Mm-hmm. So like I knew I could bring some some realism to the table, right? But when I got to John Wells's company, I was not a very good writer. I mean, mm. let's just be clear. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm some, you know, gem that got, like, <laughs> just was, oh, she has stories to tell. Right, right, right. That's what it was. It was like, oh, she's got this breadth of experience and we know we can put her on these kind of mm-hmm. shows and, and it'll work, right? The, the other thing I was thinking about when you were talking about that, it was lawyers have to do a lot of writing. Yeah. And, yeah, and we forget talk. that. We forget that they actually you know, are briefs, writers in their own way. A lot of briefs. A lot. A lot of briefs. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to organize it in a certain way so it mm-hmm. reads well, presentation. Right. You know, it's interesting. I, I wonder, I'm going to ask you this because this is something I've never asked an attorney this, but because you've second chaired defense and stuff like this, you've been there when they're preparing the oral argu- I mean, the opening argument, the closing argument, and it's like, that's a skill that you need as a writer to sell stuff, right. you know? A hundred percent. Like I used to say to younger lawyers, whoever tells the best story wins. Mm. Like when you're trying a case, mm-hmm. you got to remember you're telling a story to the jury. And if you tell the better story, you win. Like that's it. Yeah. And also you got to act. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. I, I always tell writers to challenge themselves. <clears throat> like when I finally figured out what helped me cross over to the next stage and feeling confident in anything I wrote was the second spec script I ever wrote, mm. which was Boston Legal. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, how? I was my favorite show. And I was like, how am I gonna write? What, how am I gonna write this thing? I know nothing about law. I just had it playing. My husband was like, "You watching that again?" It just I heard the voices, right, right, and right. now I just needed to understand what the terminate what the uh, the terminology was and et cetera, et cetera. And then I could tell my story within the world. And that's going ended up doing so well for me. But it helped me more so teach me that I could do anything if I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of I kind of mourn the days of spec scripts. Mm. Like I know people still use them to get into the programs and stuff, but and I don't think showrunners really read specs anymore. I mean, a, a couple do. Every blue moon you'll hear yeah. about somebody, yeah. But I, I actually think that's a shame hmm. because I think what you're saying is really true and important. Like, I could I could write an NYPD blue spec mm-hmm. because I had internalized that show, right? right? And I knew the rhythms of the mm-hmm. show. And so I could imitate it. Right. That's all you really need to do in mm-hmm. the beginning. and. 
you're not a very good writer when you're breaking in. You're mm-hmm. just not. Like, very few people are. Right. So <clears throat> to be expected to write a pilot that or a film or whatever that's going to be, like, that good to get you staffed totally and the whole agree. thing, it's just, it's a tall order, mm-hmm. right? And I can't say that I've read a lot of scripts from emerging writers where I go, oh, this is a fully birthed, like, Mm. amazing script I see like the germs of talent and I go like oh okay I'm, I this is someone I want to invest in right. but it's not it, I think it would be better to read a spec from somebody and go like oh okay I, I see how this person is able to like internalize the rhythms of an existing show mm-hmm. and produce something that's going to be better than a spec right. pilot well so. you know it's interesting I mean on my show <laughs> we you know like it's the, I, I agree with you on this because there's a point where you you know it's like you're writing scenes I was just doing this like yesterday and I was like I was writing the scene and I was like wait a minute this scene doesn't sound like this right mm. you know because you're there you're watching the dailies you're, mm-hmm. you're watching the cuts and you get a, this immersion to what the show is saying and I was like I mean, it is so. You, I mean, it's interesting because I I went in and wrote the scene the way that I, I want to get what I needed to say, and I was like, now I gotta go make this sound like her, this sound like mm-hmm. him, this sound like you know. And you can't do that. Well, not that you can't, but it's like, but if you write a pilot, spec pilot, you know, no one knows what those voices sound like of those people because it's the first time you ever seen them. Except for you, right. except for you, mm-hmm. you know. So, so 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 no one knows if they're really consistent or not with what you're trying to do. And a lot of what you got to do is you got to write consistently, like what the show is saying. And it makes it and it, and and if you can do that younger. So right. as as you know as, as a younger writer on the mm-hmm. staff, not like you have to be younger, but just like a, a, you know, then you save work for the upper levels. Right. You know, it's like oh, I don't have to. He got the voice now. She got the voice. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to going, to, ah, what's the? Because you can tell when they got to like, they, you, and there's a lot of rewriting that's done that that makes people upset. I know it makes people upset. They go, oh, you changed my dialogue because yeah, it didn't sound like the way it's supposed to. Right. I don't care how good I thought it was. It sounded like the way that person. Right. Exactly. So you know, I remember the first script I turned in. So the first show I was on was a show called Trinity. It was that mm-hmm. family drama. With John Wells, so you ended up taking the John I ended Wells. Up take, of course, I did. <laughs> I'm like, duh, duh. I mean, the the lawn order and the practice were like eight week entry level, you right. know, whatever offers, and um, yeah, no, I took the overall deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, that was hilarious because the the other the show had been up for a couple of weeks before my deal closed so mm. I came in like in week three or four so the writers had already kind of jumped oh, with God. each other. So you had the kid in there. Oh, it was oh, so. It was so awful, like, because I didn't know what I didn't know, right? Yeah. So I come in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, hi, I have an overall deal. And they were like, fuck, we hate her, you know? And, like, they iced me John out. Wells has good taste, though. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I was really annoying, you know what I mean? But it was rough. I love it the was humble. Well, it's tricky because, again, it's like, again, you don't know what you don't know. You don't right. know. There's a There's a... There's a Sometimes I miss that I don't know some stuff. <laughs> right. I do because I would try more things. You but know? but the, but the thing is, there's an interesting level of competition in the writers' room. Mm-hmm. There's this, yeah. you know, and and uh, um, just despite how it's, much it, of it, it is, there's this comp, this group camaraderie. Mm-hmm. There still is this sense of oh, 100%. it's like football. Know. Everybody's trying to please the coach. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah. 
and, yep. you, and you come in and go, I signed a five-year contract because we're all there. <laughs> and I got a signing bonus. Did you get a signing bonus? Right. I didn't. That was the all-star. Exactly. <laughs> My writer's guild insurance is paid for for the next it's six true. years. Yeah. Good. Don't you? Good. Did you have you good? I'm vested. Exactly. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was pretty <clears throat> funny. But it was a great learning experience. I mean, John Wells is really, you know, well-known for, like, teaching people how to produce mm-hmm. and really mentoring writers. And everybody. Was that all your experience, too? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the amazing thing about that writer's room was it was so collaborative. You know, everybody read everybody's draft and Mm -hmm. gave notes on every script, right? There was, and I thought that was the way it was always done. Like when I left there and went to other shows, and I'd be like, oh, do you want me to read your script? And people were like, what? What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, no, I'm not reading my draft, you know? And I was like, (laughs) I'm just trying to help. Right. and that's when I got finally got my show. That's was that's what I want the way mm-hmm. I wanted to do it was mm-hmm. like everybody's invested in everybody's script right. and and it's the camaraderie like everybody's gonna help make the scripts better. Yeah, well, I, sure. I mean, like that's what we do on my show, and I love it. And what I because the thing is that like, you know, like I transitioned from features, you know, and mm-hmm. so there's this big. Stigma about what it is to come in and write in a writer's room if you're mm-hmm. doing features. But the main thing that was in my head with the whole time was, this is not really my script. It's not really right. my show. So all I really have to do is make sure that everyone is better. You know, like like you have to have that mindset because right. and it's and it's like it helped everyone on every draft, whatever it is. Because ultimately, if you can save someone ten minutes. You know, so they can mm-hmm. maybe not have to be like writing for ten minutes. They can either relax or call their kid or right. watch a cut. Or I gotta relax. <laughs> I have to meditate ten minutes for the call with the studio. I mean, whatever it is, you gotta <laughs> yeah. save those people to kind. Of, you can do that, you know. Right, right. Um, and you can and you do that when you take a sense of ownership on the material, but don't get precious about that ownership. You know, mm-hmm. which is a which is a big kind of. I think it's hard. It's really hard as a writer because you spend so much yeah. time like on the draft on your own and then you're gonna like give it up and then you're like just be careful with it <laughs> right exactly <laughs> for sure I remember the first <clears throat> script I wrote though there was one line left that was mine wow I remember that line too it was your boss is in your bedroom <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's my one line that was like, it's, like, it's you know. crazy it's crazy you know since you say that you know what's interesting is that um What's funny now for me on my show is that because I know the voices mm-hmm. of the writers, oh, like how mm-hmm. they think, mm-hmm. I can p- pick out their lines in the script. Like when I watch the oh, cuts, like funny. oh, he wrote that, he yeah. she rewrote this. That's her. That's her. It's you so can, true. Yeah. John yeah. Ridley was on. I came <laughs> off of, of that and then went to Third Watch, and John Ridley was on Third Watch, and. It, like if you handed me a script and just without the name I'd be like oh that's Ridley mm. it's so specific mm-hmm. and his voice is so clear you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. amazing yeah. some, some people have that yeah. that thing that's funny um, so working your way up mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> how long were you in the in the Wells camp did you go to a di- several three, different shows uh, three years mm-hmm. I did Trinity and then I did two years of Third Watch okay. and then I foolishly left and went to <laughs> I, know, I, I, I saw John recently and I was like wow that was the dumbest thing I ever did um, I went to Law and Order mm-hmm. uh, which was the exact polar opposite no writer's room mm. um, 
you wrote there was no collaboration like you wrote well you co there was a lot of co-writing of scripts like someone would write the front and someone would write the back half. Okay. Um, and is that I because of turnaround so fast or what, what is that about splitting scripts yeah I don't really well they had a lot of they had a fair number of lawyers on staff and mm -hmm. so the lawyers would write the back half because that was all uh, the law stuff right. yeah. um, so it might have been that or mm -hmm. just I'm not really <coughs> sure actually okay. um, but you would just go into your office I mean it was a cush job because mm -hmm. there's no writer's room mm -hmm. and you write like two or three scripts a year like, wow. And that's it, mm -hmm. right? So you like go and break your script in your office and you pitch an idea to the showrunner and yay or nay and then you go break it with mm -hmm. your writing partner or by yourself and then that's it. Um, so there was like no collaboration, no... And you didn't even... You were not... In, you, went to, you went to New York for like prep but we were not there for the shoot. Oh, okay. We were there for the read-through and that was pretty much it. Hmm. And then... Not, no, no post at all. I used to laugh like my parents who lived mm -hmm. in Florida at the time would see the episode before I did. You know? <laughs> I had no idea how that episode turned out because um, it's just a machine, right. you know. Chris, Chris and I talk about this a lot on this show and when we're you know with other friends and stuff. It's just amazing to me how many upper level friends we have yeah. who. It, which is, you know, I'm I'm on I'm the education committee and I'm always putting on these events. And I remember when we put on, like six, seven years ago, we put on one of the first big like post ones. And it was because a co-EP level writer was about to go produce a show and had never produced a show. She was co-EP yeah, level. It's a huge, I was like, huge problem. How in the world do you get that far? Because you're problem. on a show that never lets you go. It's yeah. crazy. It's a huge problem. And it's, got, it's gotten to be, a, as you guys know, a, a worse problem. Mm -hmm. Because streaming and all these shows that where they take forever and the writing is split from right. production and they're not sending the writers to set. Right. And it's, you, that's happening more and more. And it's really a shame. It's also it's really short-sighted because you know the studios get these showrunners who've never don't produced a show. Doing, they don't right? know I mean, what to do. I mean, because... You know, because my boss is very, he lets, I mean, like, he lets us in on a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that's mm -hmm. going on, like, you know, like, like you know, there's a 10,000 foot view stuff on the, a lot of stuff, and then the, the, the granular stuff. Um, and it's really cool to being, like, a staff writer and a story editor, like, see all this, you know? And it's like, because where we do, like, our stages are right next to the writer's room. That's good. So we can run down. So we run down there all the time. Like, if there's any kind of break, I just run down there. Because mm -hmm. I want to, like, see what they're doing. And plus, I love being on set. Anyway, you know oh, that. Yeah. So it's just, like, it's dope, you know, to see what's happening. Mm -hmm. and, and you learn. And then you just, like, hey, we got this line change. What do you know? Can we do this? Just, just, just like, all the minutiae about, yeah. like, how it's mm -hmm. produced you know, actually shooting it, you're, the, I mean, at least for me, we're like, like, we're there to like, you know, do it. I mean, right. two weeks ago, we were shooting um, this night shoot stuff and my boss is like, everyone's got to go up one night this week. Hmm. We are like, okay, well, I'll sleep the other day. No, 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 no. You get to go to the, you got to be in the room too, mm. but then you get to go at right, night right. and go all night. That's hilarious. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, it did have been like four, like three or four, like, you know, but it was, it's helpful. Oh, tell her about, oh, no, you can't tell her. Yeah, I, I'll tell her afterwards. <laughs> okay. But, oh, oh, you know what? Because I saw that footage yesterday. Oh, they oh, showed okay. it yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's say, uh, I make a cameo. In oh, this, that's so in, awesome! In the show, uh, it was a really cool cameo, and like, and I got to see the cut for 
the episode yesterday we were like or whatever on friday we were I all did that on my show i was a juror on my show <laughs> and it was the dumbest move ever because i was like oh shit i gotta sit here for every yeah, freaking like... take <laughs> like, exactly like, <laughs> mine's, yeah. like, my, my, mine's a little different i'll tell you what it is later but it was so fucking cool mm. um but again that's the thing too it's like you know that episode like everybody in the room had to go at least uh, at least That's one great. night, you know, uh, just because of the mm-hmm. way, because he couldn't have everybody there, you know, it was just, and it was like three episodes being shot at the same time, but it was like, but you get to see a lot, you know, and see what's going on, it's so important to like know what is, and then you see it like a week later, like how it all come together, so, mm-hmm. which I think which I think is great too about television, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's important to know all that yeah. stuff, to be able to like help with the production. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it totally helps. Like, I was telling Chris, I'm <clears throat> kind of going through it right now because, you know, I've been developing all these shows the last three years. And the last time I was on the show was three years ago. But I've been in, like, probably eight development rooms for mm-hmm. months at a time. And it's like, now I'm back trying to staff again. People are like, yeah, but the last show you were on was there. I was like, y'all don't know who y'all dealing with. I I've know, been doing this a long time. Have you, you know, you know, and people could tell immediately, immediately when they talk to me, like, oh, clearly he's advanced. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? He knows his way around the set, but then you got to go through all the hoopla of what Hollywood is like. The last thing you are on is the last thing you are. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. It's well, you know, because the thing is that people think that um, he didn't immediately go on another show. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, it's that the people won't vouch for you or, or on, the, yeah. on the staff. It's weird. I have I had a huge gap because I I did so I did two two years on Law and Order and mm-hmm. then I did a bunch like you know, Karen Cisco and I love that Hawaii. Show. I it was love a great show. That show. <laughs> um, Hawaii, not not Hawaii Five O, but there was like another earlier version right. just called Hawaii. <laughs> um, and I was on a show called Justice. Show called Injustice. <laughs> <laughs> Something with a J in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, just keeping it real because keeping it real. Please do. Um, and and maybe this will help other people. Um, I had I went through like a really huge writing slump, mm. like where I really had like a crisis of confidence and like, you know, just just couldn't write. I just mm. couldn't write. Did it have to do with like the climate we're in or something at the time or oh you know i i don't really know like you know i think um i have i think all of us have an internal critic right Right. like i don't know if mine is like particularly loud but (laughs) it is like brutal i call it like jason from friday the 13th like it it is like you don't know what the fuck you're doing Mm. you're not talented you're not gonna be able to figure this out you know, it, and it one day it'll tell me I'm really good with story, but mm-hmm. not really good at execution. And the next day it'll hold be on, like, on, "Oh, on, you're really on. good with dialogue, but not story." I got to interrupt okay. you, kids. Are y'all hear that? Showrunner level writer still has these feelings. Yeah. It's important to hear. It never goes away. It really doesn't. Well, I mean, you get no, better, no, you get but better. you always well, have okay. a moment of this. Okay, this is the thing. You. Someone was telling me this the other day. There's a fear in doing things because you're doing something new, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you're doing, you're doing something new. If, you, if, 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 if the writing slump is, I got to write a new script. 
as opposed to that you, that you're not writing a script on a show you were just on. See, now that right. show would be easier for you to write when you have the crisis. Like, oh, because I, I, I know how to do that. Right. But the new thing is all new. And you're kind of like, do I know how to do any of that? Cause yeah. you, 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 which I, is why you go to it. Which is you actually it, like you that. Agree. Yeah, right. like, oh, I'm going to push right. something. Oh, you know, I haven't done this. I'm going to do this. But, but then you're like, none of the tricks, right. none of the crutches that I learned to do that, mm -hmm. I can apply to this because this is new and that is that is what really and that to me is part of what it is you just i mean like the, and there's and there's always things that like you you saying that you get better as a writer you always get better as a writer there was a project that i had started i started writing it probably a decade ago and i couldn't get it to work i put it down for like two or three years mm -hmm. i would come back to it every couple of years trying to get it closer trying to get it closer trying to like figure it out and i was like and, I, and in my head i was always like i know this is a good idea right but i can't get it right on paper mm. i just can't get it right on paper because people would read it and go well, i don't know what you're trying to do and i was like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't know what i'm trying to do page six i said it's there it's there and um and then um I watched the first episode of Squid Game, mm. and I was like, "Wow! Oh, this is exactly." And he's doing something very similar. Wow, very similar to what I'm gonna do. And I was like, "Oh, I know where I fucked up." Mm. Five minutes in, I was like, "Fuck this show!" I turned it off because I was like, "I know where I fucked up my show," mm. and I turned it off. And I was like, "I'm gonna come back to this later." And I went back and dusted off the script, and I was like. I know how to want to. I know how to do this. I'm just gonna re. It's just. It was just rearranging scenes that right. were already mm -hmm. there. And I took it to my like to like my writers group. I said, "Can we read the first 20 pages of this?" Mm -hmm. That's a lot, dude. I was mm -hmm. like, "Just just read the first 20 because because it's something we do out loud." And they were like, "Oh, this is dope. Where's the rest?" I was like, right. ah, "Yes, yes, yes, yes." But it took. It's been like 10 years because mm -hmm. I yeah. never because it was something that like I'd never seen done. And it's like, and I say that because it's like because you don't know how to approach it. And that is what really just stays in your. Mm -hmm. The critic is going, yeah. The critic is <laughs> Go like, back. Go it's back like to the law. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Go back. It's so funny because I never had any self doubt as a lawyer. Like I walked into mm. a courtroom the first time and I was like, "This is my home. Mm -hmm. This is my house. Mm. I mm. am at home. like, I, and I owned the courtroom. Mm. I will say that. Like I was a good." lawyer and I never questioned myself and I never doubted myself and but when it came to writing creative stuff mm -hmm. like there was just I mean I think because I sort of stumbled into the career mm -hmm. right like in many ways I think for somebody whose inner critic is as loud as mine that was kind of the worst thing that could have happened mm -hmm. to me right mm -hmm. because it was like I stumbled into it but I didn't know what I was doing, mm. and I didn't have any foundation right. underneath yeah, me. You didn't go to school, you didn't right? Take, I didn't. Yeah. I had taken one Gotham Writers Workshop <laughs> class. <laughs> exactly. Like seriously, mm -hmm. like I had never been in a writers' room. Mm -hmm. I'd never taken any kind of other screenwriting class. Right. right? I didn't take those classes in college. So like, here I am in the writers' room, mm -hmm. and I'm like trying desperately to like learn kind of osmosis. Mm -hmm. And it just was very fertile ground for the for the critic to be like, "You're fucked. You don't know, like, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing." Let me ask you a question. So, is this based on what you're saying about like the courtroom? You could own it. You know the facts in that, right? 
You come yeah, in, you, yeah. you know the facts, and you're like, "Hi, I know this story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna arrange." And you know this. the rules within, and, right? And you know the right. rules of how I'm gonna arrange this. I know the rules of evidence. I know how to <clears throat> do all this kind of stuff like this. Because you still have to. You still have to know how to get the best of the cop on the stand, right? Right. Like right. You still, but but you're right. It's different. But the thing, but I'm not saying it's different. I'm just saying. But my question is, but but do you feel because you're in possession of a certain a certain amount of like concrete information when you go in, because you've prepared, you've got all the witness statements, you've got evidence, so all this kind of stuff. As opposed to when you go in to look at a at a, at a, a story, you don't know all the evidence. You don't know the facts. You got to like you have to. You're generating. You got to go into research. Yeah, yeah you're, you're I, generating that as yeah. you start as you're going. I have a quote on my wall in my office that says knowing comes from not knowing I love it that's a t-shirt yeah because that's what I had to learn Mm -hmm. was I'm going to sit down at the blank page and I'm not going to know Mm. and I have to be okay with that and it doesn't ever spring fully formed you never know when you sit down you have like like a some you know drop of what you want to do but you don't know right so the critics going like you don't know how to do this and i'm like i had to learn to be like yeah motherfucker i don't sit down go into the corner sit down you're rocking the boat yeah that's what we're doing right Right. like we are in the process of finding out so just Mm -hmm. have a seat and I had this like little wooden sort of like gremlin figurine that I would like put literally on the back of my desk and I would turn it like facing the wall. <laughs> yeah. Be like, okay, dude, you go over there because mm-hmm. like we're going to play now, right? Yeah, right. And the what... knowing is going to come out of the not knowing. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I think that's what, I, and I had never been in that position before. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know that I could sit in not knowing. I can be okay with it. So how did you eventually come out of that and get back to work again? Um, did you write something new? Did you No, you're going to hate yourself? this too. She um, got that damn fairy dust. I, I told it's y'all. A little, it's a little fairy dust. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I was out I was out of the game for se- like seven or eight years. Like what is that long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, Oh, yep. I thought it was like I a was, year or two. Okay. No, no. Um, That's a long time. Yep. Uh, I know, I don't talk about this stuff at all, so I'm I appreciate not laying it, I appreciate it out. I appreciate it. Um, no, I had I had like kind of not left the business. I mean, I kind of had left the business. What, mm. what was happening was my I had a lot of family shit going on. Okay. So my dad was my mom had Alzheimer's and my dad was sick, mm-hmm. and so I was spending a lot of time going back and forth, you know, on family stuff. And mm-hmm. I just wasn't writing. And my agent was kind of like, "We need new material. Like right. people like you, but like we need new material. Mm-hmm. Everybody's read your shit. We need we need <coughs> new stuff." And I just couldn't produce. Right. And so I was kind of like, oh, I got to deal with my family stuff because like that was an easy excuse, mm-hmm. right? So then my dad passed away and oh, I'm still dealing, oh, thank you, my, still dealing with stuff with my mom with the Alzheimer's. And and then I had started taking kind of side work just to like pay the bills. Like mm. I was doing paralegal work wow. in LA. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, not image the bar in California. I was like, I got to pay some bills here. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified to write. I was still just wow. terrified to write. And... um. <clears throat> And I started taking a class. It was like this meditation writing class mm-hmm. um, called Relax and Write, which is I highly recommend. <laughs> Relax and, Relax sounds like and something, write. On, this, something on Clubhouse. It was it? this woman named Maya Danziger, who's fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We, we can swear, right? Of course, please. Um, she's this is the amazing. writer's room, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
I'm really like I'm really nervous about sharing all this stuff. I'll have to say, but okay. So, um, so I was taking this class with her, and she would do this like 40 minute guided meditation, and then you would free write, mm. and then you would write, uh, you would share what you had written, you would read what you had written to the okay. group, and um, so I was doing that, mm-hmm. and this, and and for months, like my writing would be like just process, like. You don't know what you're doing. It would be like putting mm. the critic on the page, nice, right? Nice. And it would be like just like, and I would start doing like rhyming on the page just to like it would be like oh, she got bars, huh? Look. It was no, it was like no, it was like bad. No, no, no. It was like oh, clock, dock, lock, tick, tock, like that kind of stuff. Like okay. literally, it's like, like left brain, how, right brain type of stuff. That, it funny. was like that's how jammed up I was, mm-hmm. right? And I had to like just like like excavate all Mm. this like garbage onto the page like all the fear and all the nonsense and like that's it was all process for like months in this class and everybody was so nice right they'd be like good job you know (laughs) and i'd be like in tears in the corner like you know and and everybody be like but you're you're such a good writer and i was like what like i'm writing garbage on the page and they're like you know keep going you know was so awesome um and then one day this character showed up Mm. like this character's like just this character showed up like Mm -hmm. I started writing something and I was like wow where did that come from and so I started writing a novel and this novel set on Cape Cod Mm -hmm. and so I was like eking out like a page or two here here and there Mm -hmm. I would like you know do a little writing session on my own at the house and like I'm digging I love it this is cute yeah look I mean something similar happened to me and there was a time where I wasn't writing screenplays and I was writing. Yeah, you're doing short, short stories, stories and all kinds stories, of things. short stories. Yeah. There's a very interesting kind of um, if you can get through them, you know, write it and finish it. Or just, like you said, write the novel. There's a, there's a way that if you're writing that you're the, the type of critic you have when you're writing prose like that is right. different than when you're writing a, mm-hmm. a, the teleplay type of thing. Because at least for me, it was. I don't have to look at this as like in my head. Like I don't need to see the scene. I don't need to see how this is right. going to play out. How is this, mm. this going to edit? How is this going to blah blah blah? I just could just write. Yeah, you know? and whatever shows yeah, up, shows, shows up, up, shows up. And then obviously you're going to do some rewriting and like make the sentences be clean. Right. But you're not worrying about. I, I don't know. This was freeing for me. Yeah. Know, about what to write, you know. Like, and then because there's, there's all for me there's all these ideas I wanted to write that. I was like, this is not a TV show. This is not a movie. Like, mm-hmm. well, just mm-hmm. throw it away. Then I was like, no, may I just write that? Just because mm-hmm. it's an interesting idea, interesting stories, interesting people. But there was no, for, there was no form that was like a paying form, right. you know? Right. But, exactly. I think that's my rule was I'm not going to outline it. I'm not going to think about it. Mm. I'm just going to write. Like, just and I'm just right going to dive in mm-hmm. and like every, every time I sat down to write whatever showed up showed up and like there were swaths of writing that would never make I didn't finish that novel but we'll get back to that but <laughs> but there were swaths of that writing that like wouldn't have even shown up in the novel right. but there were also it was so cool because there were huge swaths of the writing that like weren't didn't show up in the novel but but one sentence or one line triggered a whole other that's important right like Mm -hmm. thing and Mm -hmm. i had to write those 
25 pages mm -hmm. to get that little tiny nugget that sent me in a different direction that would end up in the novel, yep. right? Yep. So it was like it was like me getting comfortable with just trusting my you know, trusting my writing, mm -hmm. like trusting where it was going and being comfortable not knowing, yeah. right? Like yeah. being comfortable not knowing what what's right. going to come up and trusting the process. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, so I was doing that and um and I was eking out a page here and there, and uh, and I was doing paralegal work, <laughs> and uh, right, I was like writing motions for a bunch of federal criminal defense attorneys, okay. and uh, another writing thing yeah, to do, exactly. yeah, exactly, just right, and mm -hmm. um, and I was prepping a trial with this attorney, and I had sold a spec pilot to BET like in like 2009 or mm -hmm. something, 2010, and so this is now 2004. 15 or 16 okay. and uh, it was like a Friday afternoon and I'm prepping this trial we're going to go to trial on Monday with this client and we have a break and or my phone rings and it says BET <laughs> on my phone and I'm like why is BET well, calling me <laughs> right and uh and so at, at the break, I go listen to the message and, and I call them and they're like, hey, remember that pilot you sold to us in, you know, 2010? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to make that. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And it was so she funny. She got that fairy dust. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, like, if I ever question that I'm supposed to be a television writer, exactly. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's bananas. Um but yeah, they were like, first they said, we want to hire you to write like a series format. So like 10 one page pitches for okay. what the rest of the first season would look like. And I was like, I hung up the phone and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like mm. the critic was like, like, we are back in the <laughs> game. Right? Right, right? Like, the critic was like, Jason, right? With the like, bl yeah. the blade hands was like, we got this motherfucker. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. Right. And I was like, and I have this trial. And so, <laughs> right, so I definitely so can't important. do it. Right. And I walk back into the conference room and the lawyer turns to me and goes, yeah, the client's going to plead guilty. Wow. And I was like, oh, fuck. Give me that dust. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah, I was oh, like, wow. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Right. And then I just did it. Like, I just did it. Like, I just wrote those 10 page pitches, like, like all the work that I had done, mm -hmm. you know, to like, you know, become friends with my process and like, try, you know, try to like love my writing again and mm -hmm. like be comfortable with it and all that paid off like it was like oh i can do this like yeah. some switch got turned and i wrote it and they ordered it to series and wow. like boom i was back in the game what show was that it was called in contempt oh yeah, in it was on, yeah, yeah, it was oh, on. yeah i was gonna ask you this just since we're now on bet here's the cool thing i love about you every time i see you is here's what you give off consistency which is something chris and i love Right, you're always the same exact person every time I see you. Oh, right. Thanks. Now, even past the Rona, even when I see you in you know meetings and whatever shit, whatever. Um, the other thing that you have, which is why I think you are in the position you're in now, you have the ability, I think, to bring people in, and you have the ability to also have. You could tell. You could tell somebody no if you need to. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know where I'm going? Yeah. Like some people have that thing where they're like, they're so sweet, but they're like, but no. <laughs> you yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. It's the perfect balance to me of the great showrunner. 
You know, Thank a great you. EP. It's somebody who has that balance that we love working with them, but don't fuck with them. Okay, they yes. business too. Don't get it twisted. Yes. They will fire you. <laughs> that is, that is. You have that, in my opinion. Very true. That you is very I mean? true. Yeah, I think that's just a personality thing. Like, don't fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I mean, it's hard it's as a East woman. Coast thing, right? It's an East Coast thing. It's definitely a Boston thing right, for right. sure. And then it's just personality. I, I've always been, you know, I was the tomboy chick, and okay. you know, I, I think. And also, as a lawyer, back when I was a lawyer, a female attorney, like you just couldn't take any shit, right. you know. Let me so. ask you what I was also going to say. Speaking on the BET thing, is you've had quite a few shows where you've worked on shows that are black cast and whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you think you have that allowed you to do that? You know what I mean? I don't know. That's such a good question because it is kind of like a little niche that mm-hmm. I have now. Um, well, you're clearly getting it right. It, yeah, I guess. That's what's usually I, you missing. Know, yeah, I, <laughs> you know I, I mean? guess. Yeah. I mean, that's it's. I think, I think about that a lot and I kind of like don't, I don't know the answer to that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I have a question. Go ahead. Really interesting about this, about this. So when you worked as a public defender, did you work with a lot of black clients? Yeah, I mean that, listen, like I grew up in, it's funny, people assume Cape Cod's like a really white place, but I actually grew up in an Indian town or Native American town. Mm -hmm. So people don't know that there's a tribe on Cape Cod, the Wampanoag tribe. And my town was essentially a reservation. The tribe ran the town. It's not a wasn't a formal reservation, but Mm -hmm. the the tribe ran the town up until like the 1960s and then white folks moved into that town and took over. Um, no, they would never whole, do that. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> shocking. Um, and I'm actually writing about that. It's, it's, uh, it's that my next project. Dope. That's it's really cool. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in a really diverse town. Um, and, and yeah, I was a public defender. So, you know, maybe it's just an ex- experience, like, I, I don't know. It's just a... Because well, like to, to me, the thing I think about this is, right, is that, like, if you're a public defender, you're dealing with black people and you're seeing... And they're telling and brown. You, they're, they're black <laughs> and brown people. They're, they're telling you about their life in a way that... I'm sure they're trying to give mitigating circumstances about why something happened, you know? So they're trying to explain to you their life. And part of their life is like the oppression and the the way the system pulls mm-hmm. at them in a way that the, that they might not articulate it that way, but you're aware of of circumstances that are affecting them. These external these external forces that you you've probably like absorbed and you when you write stuff. You go, hey, I know how to make this sound real because I know because I work with someone like very closely to figure out what their story was. Mm-hmm. And then it's and the nuance. Then, and again, like you said, yeah. you know the the the, the like you said about to win in court you gotta tell the best story you can't tell the best story in court unless you know the nuance of their life the right way you know I think that's I think that's true I think also like you can't walk into a courtroom in America and you know I I remember the first day I walked into a courtroom it wasn't something I I didn't already know but when you see visually like all the black and brown faces in that courtroom Mm -hmm. you're like what what the fuck? Right. Like, what is wrong? Like, yeah. does everybody see what I'm seeing? Like, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, you see, you meet your clients and they're human beings. Yeah. I mean, people would always say to me, like, how can you be a public defender? How can you represent guilty people? And I'm like, because they're people. Right. Like, 
they got not be guilty right and 90 percent of the time they're not guilty yeah, of everything they're being charged yeah. with i was right? just sitting in the car i wasn't doing nothing right right i mean and they're they, they have wives and lives and families mm-hmm. and like they're fucking people right. so yeah i think that and 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 also just not this is gonna sound like and i have black friends but like <laughs> i run in a really diverse crowd like yes, i just you do, do. you yeah, truly do. do you truly i do, do. Yes. and so i think that's also right. part of it you mm-hmm. know what i mean wait because like did you guys meet over at larry's have you guys met at larry's yeah, yeah see so yeah no we knew each other before though. oh okay. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh i thought you meant oh, no, so, saw him that time but oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. shout out to larry andrews yeah. Yeah. yeah but 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 he he He's a connector. He's a connector. Yeah. yeah. He's got like a like like a diverse group of friends mm-hmm. to himself, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting like guys like Larry It's weird cuz this is a town where you know it's very segregated. You know, like I mean in terms of the business is very segregated. So like right. the, the friends you have are usually like there is a like hey if you're white and you're this way then that's how most your friends are going to be. If you're black, it's good. Mm-hmm. So and you you meet people from time to time who kind of like, you know? It's like they, it's like they, they, it's like they jump in a lot of circles, you know. And they might not have their own circle that they hang out with because they're in so many other circles. You that's know? that's who I am yeah. too. Yeah. Like like I went to a very like shishi East Coast boarding school, <laughs> um, and but I never like like I wasn't just the jock or just the art kid or just mm-hmm. the prep preppy kid. Like I ran in all of those circles. Yeah, right, like yeah. you know what I mean. I kind of hung out with everybody, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what. I do now too. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, so it, it takes a certain kind of, and that, it's just is a type of personality that will that will do that that will feel comfortable. Because a, a lot of people, you know, want to be defined by that. Like, hey, I want to be known as the jock. I want to be known mm-hmm. as the prep. I want to be known as this, and that, and there, and that gives them a sense of stability. You know, whereas someone like you, like, hey, I want to jump around. You feel more comfortable because it's your personality is, is vibrant enough to go. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. So I'm not going to cut these these things off. Just, you know, like just so I can have this identity. You yeah. Know? Right. So that's and I like pulling people together too. Like right. oh, I like having parties and like you come and you come and okay. you know the connector kind of person. When we too. gonna have a shindig, girl? I was shindig. just thinking about it the other day. I was like, I gotta have a barbecue. I haven't had one in exactly. forever. T- almost two years. I know. I know. <laughs> it's about to rain. Perfect timing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rain is crazy. Um, okay, so is it, oh, is, is, you know what I was looking at in contempt just the other day. Really? Um, Nobody you, saw it. Well, it was so good too. I'm so <laughs> proud of that show. I have to say, I did like, see that. oh I did my see god, the pilot. I did see no, the pilot. because I'm um, I'm meeting with Rose Catherine Pinkney. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, on this. this That's my girl. So it's just like taking a look at shows Catherine. to see, like, get a mm-hmm. just get a sense about. Um, because I mean about directing you know I just I want to see kind of the styles Christian direct his butt off so yeah. cool yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, I was just just looking on what was on BET plus what was on BET regular just like what are the shows what are the shows mm-hmm. like what's the aesthetic that you that they're looking for you know because um, it's and one thing I've noticed I, I don't know if most people notice it, but I noticed this but a lot of times uh, networks have a there's a visual aesthetic to each network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is like NBC, so this is, they all kind of look totally. the same, you right. know? Um, so that's why I was doing that. But, um, okay, so you j- just finished Black Mafia Family. BMF, yeah. We actually, we wrote season one in 2019, and then COVID hit. And, then right. Yeah, okay. yeah and, it, and it just premiered. And uh, I'm actually not going back for season two. 
so sad because oh, I took another gig. Oh, because oh. you had to. Yeah, because of the time. Yeah. Because of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, did Anil work on that? Yeah. I'm yeah. mad at him. Hmm. Why? Nah, I'm teasing. I met him around 2019 before you guys ever started that. And um, um, I thought he was going to bring your brother in. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. Anil over at home. <laughs> you brought a different brother in. <laughs> 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 See how they do it. Huh? Anil at 50's company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, what was, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So you work with 50. How'd you get this job? And what's like working with 50? Because I know <clears> people who work with 50 and he's a little... He's a he's a personality. He is. He <laughs> is. I had worked with um, so in contempt. I did in contempt, and then uh, Randy Huggins had a show yeah, on on BET called Rebel. Mm-hmm. And oh so, yeah. yeah, with John Singleton. Everybody was on Rebel. Carl yeah. that's what Carl directed. Yeah, yeah, directed yeah that's how I met Jeff Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sally Richardson. Sally, Sally Richardson. Yep, yeah. yep. I was just gonna say Sally. She directed an episode of The Shy that I did. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Sally's amazing. Shout out to um, Lena. Anyway, you know how we do over here. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, so yeah, I did. I did Rebel with with Randy, and then Randy pulled me in to BMF. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I know, like, 50's an interesting cat. I mean, he's a smart, yeah. smart I listened to her. his book and was book. like, I, I got it right. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, he is unbelievable. Yeah. He's, like, mm-hmm. on fire just mm-hmm. getting show after show after show on, yeah. on the air. And he's smart. He's just a smart businessman. Yeah. But he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does not play. Mm-hmm. He's, uh... Let me ask you a question, because my friend was working with him on something, and uh, he would get these, like... Uh, Two or three in the morning calls from fifty. 50, 50 call, I like haven't. Uh, no, I'm the, uh, like I'm an EP on BMF, but I was the number two. So like okay, Randy, okay. yeah. So Randy was getting those calls. I'm sure. Yeah, I wasn't like, getting those call calls. Me three in the morning. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know Abdul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like, he's calling me at three in the morning. I got my kids. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, because he was like, yeah, just, yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. I just got back from the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got some ideas. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a night dude. Yeah, he's, he's a night, night dude. dude. Yeah, night dude. Yeah, That's so 50s funny. Fifties like that. Fifties like that. That's, that's Isn't this business so weird? Like, I just went to the premiere of BMF in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I've got like pictures of me and Fifty Cent, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so weird. Like, if you told me like you know twenty years ago or fifteen mm-hmm. years ago, like, yeah, you'll be hanging with Fifty Cent, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Yeah. She yeah. calls him fifty, like that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, Curtis. Curtis Jackson. Curtis Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, that's wild. That's uh, wild. You, you've had a great career, you know, coming up. And um, one of the things I want to ask you, just really quick, is speaking of the number two position. Yeah. How do you maintain that? Keep your sanity, and what do you like to do as the number two to keep? the room because I'm sure you have to probably yeah. run the room a lot and all that stuff like what what's your philosophy on that you know it's it's interesting I've been the number two a couple times now since I've had my own show right, right? so now that I know what being a showrunner is I do that job a, a little differently because mm. I know what the showrunner needs right. like so you I anticipate don't, a lot yeah, of stuff yeah I'm anticipating you know it doesn't matter how long you've been a, co- a number two or a co-EP or mm-hmm. until you're sitting in the showrunner's chair, you kind of have no idea what that job is. Mm. And it's so overwhelming and so not a job for one person. Mm. Um, so it's like, and you're the only person, I think the showrunner is oftentimes the only person who's really looking at that board, thinking about the whole season mm. and like really looking at like, okay, how is this, 
you know, unwrap, unrolling and unspooling and like the character arcs and like because you when you're on staff you kind of like roll in every day Mm -hmm. and like throw some shit out on the you know and then you go home right you're not like you don't go home and like you know some people all right well if you're doing that that's great you should live with that shit you should be doing that but most people aren't right because right now we got the final four episodes Mm -hmm. up all four that was like i think eight boards for these four episodes just this we're constantly going let's do this here what's it going to pay off it's, it's mm-hmm. really yeah. insane it's intricate and it's because well, it's you know it's, I mean it's a serialized show has a lot to has a lot to do like that you know yeah. I mean and um, but I get it you know but there's some days you go in and I'm just like hey we're just doing act three and four of 307 today so all we gotta get so mm-hmm. we can't right. wait for the rest of the stuff. But I was never before I ran my own show, I was never going home and like getting into bed at night and like staring at the ceiling and worried about the show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you're not you're not you're not obsessed with it in the same way, I don't think. And so now as the number two, I can be like, Okay, I know what the showrunner needs. Like I know what I can take off her plate, mm-hmm. right? And I know how to kinda help her in a way that she doesn't even know she needs help with right, right now like so I just th- I'm thinking about it that way now like mm-hmm. okay what can I take off her plate right and and how can I anticipate what she needs because that's the biggest gift as a showrunner mm-hmm. like if you have a number two who's gonna like really take things off your plate right, right then that's so valuable because you can't I mean the biggest mistake I made as a showrunner was not delegating enough mm. I mean, I didn't, when we went into production, the writing was separate from production, and I was the only person that went to Toronto to make the show. (laughs) So, yeah, and I had no, I had two non writing EPs who weren't really present. So it was basically me. Mm, That's a lot. Bananas. That's a lot. It was kind of trial by fire, Mm -hmm. because, and now I'm like, oh, I could run anything, because if I did that, I could do anything. Um, but it was bananas. It was mm-hmm. completely. It's because that, Chris and I talk about that a lot. That's how we feel coming from the indie world. You know, we may not be dealing with the same budget you're dealing with, but we're still dealing with the same thing. Right. Our turnaround isn't as fast, but we're still doing the same thing. So a lot of times we're always like, I feel like I can run the show, you know, based yeah. on the things that I know. Yeah. And, and, and it's just fascinating to me just to think about that, huh, Chris? Because we're always talking about where we are. How many things we know, and how do we stay in just in the lane that we're brought in for? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, like sometimes you know, like like I do this a lot on my show when I'm watching what they're shooting, mm. and I'm like, why are they gonna turn around? Why can't they get that in a in a, in a, in a single and just walk <laughs> exactly. it up here and bring Like like I see what the directing is doing, and I'm like, right. they could save time. They could save so much time if they were thinking about it this way. But I know a lot of mm. it is they might have to turn around again just but, to get well, that. Well, but a lot of it is it's like it's one of the things I think is very. Very, very peculiar about television and mm-hmm. how the shows work in terms of who's directing. The directors don't know the material. Yeah, and so they're they doing a lot of CYA. Yeah, they just yeah. don't right. know the material. Because right. you can't. You don't, I mean, if you're doing a movie, you live with the script early. Right. And you're constantly trying to figure, you know, and making all these decisions. <clears throat> and when you come to the television set, you just so, you know, it's like, hey, we're just going to get these, you know, three cameras this side and this side and this side and this side and then we're out I'm just like yeah but what you could do <laughs> but then I'm like but he's not gonna edit this right you know exactly it's, it's interesting because I was yeah, I was watching Dune the other day oh it's so good I just saw it yesterday yeah it's amazing oh my it's god amazing 
But the thing is, you watch Dune mm-hmm. as we're coming off of a, a TV show, and you just go, it's this interesting kind of palate cleanser visually. Because mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. well, this guy's like really in command of what he's trying to show you. Mm. When he really knows, I'm going to show you every... Sh- like, like, like there's, I'm a, It feels like there's no wasted shots, right? Okay. And a lot of times, you know, on a, on a television show, like you said, they're covering their ass. It's like there's shots you know they're, they're getting because they don't know who's going to do what. They might exactly. need this. And it's it's interesting. Um, but that's why I think when you... You know, if you're show running and stuff like that, you... I mean, because you're thinking about, like, like, what do you know? Like, like what other things can you tell... You know the people to help the showrunner because 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 I'll sit there and we'll watch the cut some I mean we're watching the the cue take you know mm-hmm. and, right and I'm like oh you know what do you do what, what do you do this what do you do this what do you do this, do you do this? And, and and my boss is like well you direct your show <laughs> <laughs> and I was like you're not even directing the show I'm just telling you you can move faster because you know we have money problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, 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 I mean but I but I feel I do that because you know like the number two the number you know, and the other co-EPs have seen my directing work, so they know when I'm talking about <clears throat> right. that. I'm not just speaking from like uh, from personal taste. You right. know, I'm thinking, hey, right. I know you can you can save this, mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing that like I always um, again about you know because I have a lot of product a lot of production experience, so it, it, I just feel it helps me help them. Right. You know, um, what is going on today with these damn? I know. They're coming to get you, Terry. <laughs> I'm caught. Somebody's shooting somebody. Shoot somebody. <laughs> it's Halloween. She bite, she's biting those necks. I see you. Um, <laughs> you say something interesting that I, I think a lot about process. You know, because process is one of my... Uh, I'm always, we'll wrap it up I'm always in interested in everyone's process. I mean, it's like... And you mentioned like, you know, that you weren't outlining for the, the novel. You're just like mm-hmm. going. I mean, so, so when you are, are like... Um, I mean, you're probably not like you know, like writing spec pilots now. You just go ahead to pitch stuff, but 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 like, I am writing a spec pilot oh, right okay. now, actually. Interestingly okay, enough. okay, yeah. But like, how much work do you do in terms of like the same process you would do when you're in the room and you're using the board, you're using the cards, and everything like that? If you're breaking your own stuff, that's like that's a good question. Yeah, I don't outline my own stuff. I card mm-hmm. it and then I write it. Um, See, if those cards are in the right spot, you don't need that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And also, I think that's that comes off of my experience writing the novel, Mm. which I'm now turning into a a show. That's why I I didn't finish the novel. (laughs) Um, But... No I IP, think, no IP to sell to IP. I know, I, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I'm too lazy for that. That would mean I'd have to finish the novel first. I know my agent said that. She was like, well, you should finish the novel and then we can use it as IP. And I was like, no. Um, no, I think, I think like learning, learning how to trust the process, you know, like learning how to, you know, I don't feel, I feel like outline, first of all, if I were to outline it, it would just be the script in prose form. Like right. it would be so detailed that I'm like, this feels like a waste of time. Like mm-hmm. if the cards are broken properly, then I feel like, you know, it's it's I can I can just write the the script directly. Right. So I feel like it's uh, maybe maybe I'm just lazy. I'm curious because I'm curious because like my experience because I outline. My movies like more than I do the cards, but the TV show. What I've kind of I'm just what you guys think. I think the outlines that we write or the pieces we write 
are more for the executives. That's right. That's not for me. It's not. Um, yeah, because I feel like if you if you break if you've broken the cards right, you know you you've talked it through anyway. Just to, yeah. to kind of like to distill the card. You it's like oh, you know it's this pyramid type of thing. And I'll um, find it as I'm writing it. If I go like, oh, okay, I didn't I didn't break the the cards like detailed enough, or I realize oh it needs to go in another direction, then I'll just mm-hmm. go back to the board and recard the okay. story. But mm-hmm. like if I'm not. Like the outline is this like you're on a time crunch, you got to get it to the executive. And so without that container, when I start putting my fingers on the keyboard, it's like I'm just going to end up writing the scene. I'm still going to break the scene. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's I'm still going to unfold the scene. So I might as well just write it. It feels like a wasted effort to be to be breaking the scene, thinking about how I want the scene to turn the whole thing, but then putting it in prose form first. It's like, no, why? I'll just write the scene, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put dialogue in the outline anyway. anyway yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Who, who's the outline for? It's like, <laughs> no, no, you know? I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious. I'm yeah, just curious yeah. about process because I know that some people... Um, some people like, want to like do the outline. That one. Yeah. I mean, because for me, a lot of times when I'm doing the... I at least need to do the beats. I at least yeah, need to do the beats. Yeah. I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'm always... I'm always like playing with my process mm-hmm. yeah you know like I, I there was a there was an article I read and written by when Barry Jenkins was talking about how he broke Moonlight and Bill Street and he mentioned there was another article written by that he read by the woman who wrote Legally Blonde mm-hmm. and she did this thing this this method of threes she's like there's three acts Mm-hmm. So that's three. And then there's three acts in each of the three acts. Yep. That's it. And then there's three acts within each. So there's the sequence approach. Yeah, this, this, break, break, this, yep. break, this interesting breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, so I tried that on like this this movie I'm working on now. Because I'm always trying to find, like, I try to, I find that a lot of times the story, the movie that I'm, or the story I'm trying to write tells me how it wants to be. Broken, you know. Yeah. So I'm trying. It's always, and I sometimes I feel like I force it if I try to do something that I did last time. I was like, oh, this is like this story doesn't need me to do all this. This story, I think I need to do all this for this story. I need to do this, which is less, you know. So I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Well, thank you. This is super dope. Thank you. I'm so glad. Oh, there it is. I had this thing all wiggly. I couldn't figure it out. Um, Where can people follow you, my love? Thank you. Where Thank you, you for having me. Uh, I'm at Terry Cop to it. Cop to it. Yep. <laughs> like Chico. Cop to it. Uh, yeah, that's Terry Cop to it across all of them. <laughs> Thank you. Where are you at, Chris? There. Uh, I'm at Unauthorized CBD mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. I, I have my. I don't use Facebook. Any, well, I guess I guess it won't be called Facebook any, sooner or later, right? What do you mean? Did you hear? He's, change he's the changing name. the name. What? He yeah, yeah he launched it Thursday. He's 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 rebranding. Somehow, mm-hmm. somehow he thinks it's gonna ch- it's gonna it's gonna be. Well, the that thing. is the dumbest thing I've heard I in know. a long time. I know. I'm gonna change. I mean, I don't really. The only reason I still use Facebook is just for the writers groups. That's yeah. Yeah, I don't why post yeah. on Facebook yeah. anymore. If I kind of feel like they're the evil empire, but <laughs> what? But like, what? What's he gonna call it? I have no one knows yet. Yeah, he said he's gonna. It's a surprise. He's, he's, I think. Gonna. I think. I think he announces it this week. That was it. Okay. 28th or something. He's literally like 
like a mustache mustache twirling evil like villain he's like a he's like a comic book villain like he's like a yeah. dr doom yeah, type of that's person what I mean. or he's like he's totally i'm like dude like where's your armor because you are like <laughs> trying to take over the world with you it's wild that's like him and the amptp <laughs> they're, they're like the other mustache twirling my god right like we don't want to pay pe- we don't want people to be safe on the set and pay them a living wage you know that was, that's a whole nother conversation that was the, the woman who just died helena i know was she worked with me oh you're kidding and, yeah chris introduced me to this director a while ago and i ended up producing this project for her. helena oh, I, i'm so sorry we looked at helena over everybody else we hired her she was dope you knew I she mean, was gonna be huge that is it. just so yeah, yeah. Awful. That yeah. whole thing is so awful. Mm-hmm. I just, it kills me too. The people on Twitter like <clears throat> valuing like, you know, the 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 realism of a, a gun muzzle flash over like mm-hmm. life, you know, people's well, lives. Like, I mean, uh, she, I mean, here's the thing. I understand, I, like the, the the people want that, right? I get that. The only thing is, is like. Because like I've done a couple of shorts where we where we use guns and blanks and everything like that. If you don't pay extra attention to the safety, yeah. I mean like it's I mean and to a degree it's, it's a little maddening because you're like, hey, we, can we get a shot? No, but in mm-hmm. my head because I did this after the Brandon Lee thing, I was like, I'm not gonna not pay attention to that. Yeah. You should look at it yourself. Yeah, you know, you should know yeah, how. You should know how. Yeah. But so yeah. so I so I get that, but but it's no. But but you shouldn't put the that versatility like over someone's life, mm-hmm. safety, and, and and all these things. I mean, sure. it's, it's really yeah. it's really you know. And plus, it's like you know, they, I mean, they can add the muzzle fire and that. That's post. what I'm saying. I mean, they can just do the guns. we did. It. I'll yeah. never <laughs> right. I mean, people are like, oh, it's expensive. I, no. It's not that expensive. No. I mean, it's expensive, but but. I don't know. I I just remember the first time being on set with live guns, and I remember just being like, "Why are we using live guns? I'm confused. Like, I don't I don't understand. Like, because can't, everybody can't, wants can't it they to act? be real. They want the practical <laughs> right. look. They want I the know, look. but I'm like, this strikes me as really dangerous. Right. You know, just from a, you know, like the first time I saw it. Sort I mean, of I mean, I mean, perspective. I'm not saying it's not dangerous. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not saying that there's right. reason not to do that way. I mean, and I think you should. If you don't have the ability to do the proper safety, and right. there are people who know what the proper safety is, and then you shouldn't do that because Indeed. here's the thing: it's not it's not expensive to replace everything with this with the CG stuff. You know why? Because there's all these houses in like Southeast Asia or like wherever. Yeah, it is, yeah for sure. Do it for no money, and they're like, hey, and and and, and they want a Hollywood credit. Mm-hmm. You know, so and they'll make it look real good. Yeah, Indeed. So, Indeed. And I am your host, Hilliard Guess. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. <laughs> at Hilliard Guess. Uh, you can find me everywhere, Instagram, Clubhouse, everywhere, at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, ScreenwritersRR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRentRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Uh, please follow us. And what else, Chris? Uh, you can support the show on our uh, on our website at uh, ScreenwritersRR.com. There'll be a link to our Patreon page. You can support it there. Or because we're on Anchor, you can support it directly on, on our on Anchor, which is um, is anchor.com slash ScreenwritersRR. Yeah, I'm trying to encourage everybody to buy them T-shirts and uh, take a picture and tag us in it, and we'll tag you back for sure. Awesome. 
Thank you again. So good to Thank see you. you. Terry Cop, everybody follow her. She's out there doing good stuff. <clears throat> we love you. Um, let me see what else, what else? So much shit going on. So much shit going on. Ah, that's it. That's, that's it. it for now. Right? Yeah, cool. Thank you again. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Thank you Appreciate guys. it. Join them with us for Wakanda Forever. You guys know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? what? Everybody. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. Peace, y'all. I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rant room. Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room